Always feeling kind of tired, burning that bottom line Cause you're double, triple working till the sun don't shine But in your heart there is a calling, shouting loud in your soul That tells you that this isn't crazy, this is just rock and roll And you feel so sad You feel the best you ever had Cause you're an artist That's right, Dad I'm an artist Look out, world I'm an artist Hello and welcome to Nick and Caitlin's Talent Show. I'm Nick. And I'm Caitlin. And this is the show where we take advantage of our talented friends for our own personal gain. You nailed it. <laughs> Thanks, girl. You're welcome. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sometimes when we record this, this is like the first I speak all day. Is that what's happening right now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you sound great. Hey, thanks. You did your warm ups. Very, very quickly. You coughed all the things out <laughs> <laughs> that you needed to cough Hopefully out. Hopefully there's no more. Yeah. Yep. I'm feeling good. Mm-hmm. How's it going? It's going great. It's going great. I So I have started personal training with Landry. Did you really? Fleming. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's great. My whole body is sore. Do you, did you sign up at her gym or does she? No, I do it at her apartment. She does it. Really? Yeah. Hot tip, everyone. Landry Fleming, very great personal trainer, $20 an hour in her apartment. That's pretty cool. It's great. I saw her twice this week and I literally feel every muscle in my body aching. Mm. Are you still doing Soul Cycle as well? Yeah. Wow. <sighs> It takes a lot of work to have your body not change at all, you know, because like, <laughs> I feel like we're at that point in our lives where it's like, there's nothing's going to get smaller, you know, like, <laughs> it's just like you got to work hard to keep it where it's at so that things don't get bigger. Right, right, right. Um, so that's really fun. Yeah, that's exciting. That's really <laughs> but I do exciting. feel very strong. I was lifting things with my legs and with my arms mm -hmm. and I feel very strong but also very tired and very sore. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Well, good for you, man. Good for you. <sighs> Thank you. It's it's officially Cubs season. Oh, don't I know it. Don't I know it. Okay. <laughs> everybody was on the train. Yeah. Just everybody. Yeah. It's, it's, the, uh, it's the price you pay mm -hmm. for having like being here and it being summertime yeah you know because it's like so nice that it's summertime uh, almost summertime. yeah going I mean, to almost, be soon yeah. summertime uh but the price you have to pay is mm -hmm. that now all the cubs fans come out everyone's gonna be here everyone's here oh god yep in my business just looking at through my windows yeah your windows are pretty street level too so it's like yeah from a, from across the street you could see in pretty clearly let's talk about how you thought you heard nicole Byer on the street because one of it her was, best friends does live here really mateo lane and he it was, was here this week so it was, was her here. laugh like mm -hmm. i i heard someone laugh and i was like that's nicole byers laugh 100 percent. oh my god so i'm still i i didn't like jump up and look out the window mm -hmm. because i'm not creepy but uh i'm still convinced that it it, it could like have a, been there's her. like a 75 percent chance it was her yeah in my it, opinion it could have been but i'll never know Mm -mm. unless I, I could like instagram stalk her maybe you, she would probably she would respond if you like messaged her oh i'm not gonna do that you could though and if you did she would probably answer 
hey, were you walking down Addison's on, <laughs> at like 1130 on Friday night? Mm-hmm. <laughs> She'd be like, yes. <laughs> That's a pretty good Nicole Byer impression. I've been listening to her podcast a lot. Yeah. Uh, it's really funny and very nice. interesting. And uh, her voice is so very unique. Just the yeah. way she talks. Oh, yeah. So super unique. Have you watched Nailed It? Not yet. Oh, my God. You got to watch it. It's so freaking funny. Yeah. Nothing makes me cackle quite like people failing at <laughs> baking challenges. <laughs> it's so cool. funny. Cool. Yeah, definitely. Definitely watch it. And she's like a very unqualified judge. Right. But fun. Not like Rebecca Romaine on Skin Wars where I'm like, you have no qualifications. <laughs> you, bring, you bring nothing to this TV You show. are literally, you just say people's names and introduce them like right. Nicole Byer has no qualifications to judge baking but is fun <clears throat> I think that's more important than actually like yeah oh yeah especially for a show like that where it doesn't really matter yeah where nobody's qualified to be there literally <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun show though cool it is cool cool what Very else cool. what else is new um mm-hmm. I want to tell you something exciting, but I don't know if it's like a podcast news bomb or a friend news bomb. All right. Well, tell me and then we'll cut it out if you don't want it. Okay. In this show. Okay. I have a boyfriend now. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Yeah, it's cute. (laughs) It's cute, but it's like so dumb. It's like cute with a K. You know, like when you start dating someone and you're just like <clears throat> so into them and you're just like, this is so stupid. No, I've never really experienced that. <sighs> Think back. <laughs> and it's just been so long. Yeah, but you were. <laughs> yeah, we're going to cut this part. <laughs> I'm very happy for you. Thank you. I'm happy for me. He's a nice man. He is a nice he's man. A, he's a dapper young fellow. Yeah. And like, I never like anyone, but I like him that's that's important yeah 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 but it is just like the new relationship Mm -hmm. part that's just like oh this is so fun but like so stupid you know like i haven't i haven't been in a relationship in so long and last time i was in a relationship i Uh was like much younger yeah when my last relationship first started i was 21 yeah yeah and now i'm 27 so it's been six years since I've had this like new relationship feeling mm. where I'm just like, mm, everything is so cute and fun, but I'm old enough now to be like, this is so fucking stupid. Like, <laughs> you, <laughs> you know that, what I mean? You have that self-awareness. Yeah. 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 Of like, it's not going to be like this forever. So it's so fucking dumb that I'm like, <laughs> Oh wow. Time has, <laughs> no, really, I don't, I don't time mean has that. <laughs> really pounded you into, into dust. I don't mean like, I just mean like, I know that this feeling, this, <clears throat> I guess you would call it like a honeymoon phase. Sure. Or the the puppy love phase. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. Well, stay you're that you're way beaming. Always. You're you're beaming bright and thank you. You look a new woman. My skin is great. <laughs> Your skin's doing great. It really. It's changed my skin. <laughs> <laughs> my skin was very stressed out when I was single. Now I got a boyfriend, and my skin is perfect. Do you hear that, ladies? That's all it takes. Just go get a boyfriend. <laughs> Those are my my beauty tips. <laughs> <laughs> New segment. Caitlin's beauty tips. <laughs> the answer to everything is just get, get a boyfriend. Get a boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the opposite of um, mm-hmm. anything, I think. That's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're a changed woman. <sighs> I feel different. <laughs> <laughs> okay enough about that i don't want to talk about it all anymore. right 
that's that was that's enough of that. Nobody bring it up to me, all right? If you heard this, <laughs> don't text me about it. Okay? God. Yeah. It's <laughs> all you get, guys. Yeah. It's all the info you need. That's all. Don't talk to me about it. Well, let's do a Nick and Caitlin's top five. Okay. Nick and Caitlin's a top five. It's your turn. It sure is, mm-hmm. baby. Yes, it is. <clears throat> this week, I want to know your top five mm-hmm. favorite <gasps> sounds oh. that you can make oh. with your mouth. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I got progressively, progressively less yeah. excited. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm going for. Uh, what the hell is that? <laughs> what was he are, doing? He's trying to open the door. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my cats are being ridiculous today. It's because you cleaned everything, so I know. now they're like, they're just I've got to see it every- all again. I know, I know. That's what's up. God damn. Okay. okay, so the top, my top five favorite sounds that I make with my mouth. Yes. <sighs> do I have to do them? Yes, obviously. Ugh. I'll do them. I'll do mine too. Okay. I don't really make a lot of mouth sounds. Oh my God, Caitlin, just Wait, make noises. Is it? Oh, okay. So it could be like vocalizations. It doesn't have to be like a, a mouth sound. <laughs> You're overthinking it. <laughs> Just your five favorite sounds. <sighs> okay. All right. <clears throat> this is my, well, this is my number one favorite sound. Well, save it then. Okay. <laughs> What's your number five favorite? We're counting down. Oh, okay. <laughs> my number five favorite is, um, hi. Great. My number five favorite sound is, um, wah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you make that sound all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little less than the not mic. as much as your other four yeah exactly <laughs> i didn't do it very well i didn't do it very well because i'm not warmed up but it's like sure. or whatever i can't do it right now all right what's your number four favorite my number four favorite sound is <laughs> that was really good that was great that was great uh, my number four favorite sound is uh, oh, a pigeon sound. Yeah, or like a yeah. Now yeah. I'm scared. You keep looking behind me. I'm scared. So there's I just heard noises. Be a ghost. <laughs> there's no ghost. You know that. I and get if there was a ghost, easily. I wouldn't be looking like. <laughs> <laughs> that's the scariest thing about a ghost. Like a ghost could be there, and that's how you could look at it. That's scary. I'm not. There's no ghost. <laughs> okay. I to cut all of this out. <laughs> okay. What's your number three favorite sound? Okay. My number three favorite sound is... Um, hello. <laughs> <laughs> no. Hello. It's a ghost. <laughs> Our Australian fans will love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> um, my number three favorite sound is um, wah, 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 wah. Mm-hmm. 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 <sighs> my number two favorite sound it's not something that I can demonstrate demonstrate um, 
It's not something that I can demonstrate. Okay. But my number two favorite sound would be any time that I am a high belter. Right. Any high belt sound that I make. Just give us a quick taste. I can't. I can't. <laughs> you know I can't do that. Anyone listening, <coughs> you know, you've heard it before. Mm-hmm. That's my number two favorite sound that I make. Okay. Okay. Um, my number two favorite sound that I make is uh, spicy. <laughs> Ew. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Ew. Yeah, it's real. Just good. give me the shivers. You're welcome. Like a, g- a ghost. All right. And my number one favorite sound mm-hmm. is also accompanied with um, motion. Mm. And it goes like this. <sighs> For the listeners, she rolled her eyes yeah. very aggressively. Yep. Wow. I love a heavy sigh. Yeah, yeah. And my number one favorite sound is <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't do a riff. Oh, you think my favorite sound is a riff? Okay, you said your favorite sound that you make with your mouth. You're telling me your favorite your top 5 favorite sounds don't include any of your riffs. No, zero riffs. Wow. But it does include spicy. Yeah, that's really that's very gross. Spicy meatball. Ew. My voice is low today. Yeah. Do a low riff. Hey. Oh. Now that's spicy. Now that's spicy. <laughs> Resonating. Is What's happening? Buzzing? Somebody's calling me. And it's probably somebody who wants my money. Who was it? Oh, it didn't say. <clears throat> no, it's a it's a Georgia number, which usually means that it's um, people calling to. They're trying to trick you to answer the phone. Yeah, exactly. Because they're like, you're from Georgia. So you must um, think that any number from Georgia mm-hmm. is your friends. Yeah. Um, but I'm on. I'm I'm wise to your games, loan yeah, collectors. We know it. Yeah. Are they collecting real loans or they're like it's a scam? I don't know because I've never answered. Mm. Maybe, maybe one day. No, how I would never dare. Because <laughs> then they then they will keep then they know then that they it, will really keep calling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then they've got more information. Mm-hmm. But if I just keep, ignoring. do you ever answer the phone if you don't know the number? Yes. Oh, okay. I do. Now there was a, t- a period of time where I would never do it. Yeah, I don't. Ever? Ever? If I don't know the number, I don't answer the phone. No, I do now because like. Sometimes I, sometimes I know that it's like my agent or because I don't have them saved in my phone. Which oh, I you should save probably them. do. But uh, there are certain times where I'm like, yeah, I think I know that this is not going to be something uh, I could get in trouble for. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's probably a very unique uh, experience for people in our generation to mm-hmm. get severe anxiety by seeing a, f- a phone call from a mm-hmm. number that you don't recognize because like ah, i'm in trouble yeah someone wants something from me immediately immediately i'm like yeah, yeah. they found me they found me i don't know who they are but they found but me they're mad at me and they want something and they want something and, and i'm in trouble and they're and they're mad at me yeah 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 i never answer the phone if i don't know the number all right if it's a 312 or a 773 maybe i'll answer it because obviously it's like someone here in chicago yeah. and i'm like maybe i scheduled something that i forgot about yeah or, exactly but if it's 
702, I don't answer it because I know it's someone trying to trick me. Is that me Vegas? Into, yeah. Yeah. And if it's any other area code, I, I don't answer it. <clears throat> We're wise to your games, spammers. Yeah, we are. Mm-hmm. Don't try and trick us. You won't. You, sh- you shan't. Mm-mm. Just text me. <laughs> you know? <laughs> just like keep a running tab of what I owe you. And just text it to just me text every it to once me, in a while. And I'll be like, I'll get to it. <laughs> Although, you know what? I did something that I was very proud of. I paid a bill on time. That's that's A great. medical bill. I paid oh, it on time. That. That's, that's Usually I'll be like, oh, I'll just wait. Oh, yeah. And uh, then I get in trouble. But... I paid a bill on time and I was very proud of myself. Look at you go. Yeah. Growing up. I'm really bad with money. A friend of Me mine. Me too, dude. Okay, okay. Up oh, top. Okay, oh, here, here's where we need to go. My friend was telling me because her and her boyfriend, they are going to be getting engaged soon or whatever. And they were like, you know mm-hmm. what? We need to figure out how to handle our money together. Mm-hmm. So they go to this place. I forget what it's called. Mm-hmm. Next door cafe or something like that. It's like run by State Farm. Okay. And it's like, you can book like half hour free sessions for financial advisory really? advice. Yeah. Interesting. And she says they go like once a week, they book their blocks together, uh-huh. her and then him. And then they just sit for both of them oh, and okay. they like get financial advice on like how to save money and shit. And I was like, I fucking need to do that. Yeah, let's, she was like, it's totally free. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Let's schedule it. And then we'll report next week. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have a new financial <laughs> a new, advice. We'll segment. have a new segment. Yeah, <laughs> Caitlin and Nick are bad with money. Um, yeah, I'm just really bad at handling my money. I can't save it for the goddamn life of me. Yeah, I don't know where it goes. Well, these are things that like should have been taught to us. Yeah, but nobody nobody teaches them to. No you. one teaches them to you. I was just talking to Mike about this yesterday because he's very good with money. Yeah, and like is very good at like enjoys saving it. And I'm just like, how did that happen to you? Yeah. Because like, it's just like not something that n- anyone teaches you how to do. You just yeah. have to figure it out. I think some people get, you know, some people's parents probably instill that in them mm-hmm. better than others. Yep. And my parents never mm-hmm. <laughs> talk to me about money at yeah, all. Same. So. Well, but because nobody talks about money. Right. Because it's, immediately it's a, everyone gets very anxious about it. Yes, exactly. We all, we need to talk. People talk more about sex than they talk about money. Nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. Ever, Back in the good old days. Yeah. Nobody talked about anything. Nobody talked about anything. Nope. They talked about uh, fucking roast beef. You just talk about how your day was and Mm -hmm. then you die. Yeah. (laughs) Ah, Uh good old days. You don't talk about your feelings. No. You just present the facts of your day. Yeah. A timeline. (laughs) Present the facts of your day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Hmm. (sighs) All right. We're going to do it. Okay. We will. We'll get better with our money. Got to admit it's getting better. Mm-hmm. It's getting better. Mm-hmm. All the time. Mm-hmm. 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 That was a little ditty for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That's so nice. You know what it's time for, Caitlin? What? It's time for the RuPaul Minute. Yay! It's the RuPaul Minute. The RuPaul Minute. We're going to do some Ru. 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 All right. What do you want? Anything specific about this episode you want to? No. Hone in on? No, I think we can just share some reactions. Okay. And the RuPaul Minute starts now. Boom. Okay. I read an article that Monet Exchange was right about that whole British American really? dialect thing. That's kind so, of. That's she kind of got so it right. That's funny. That was a hilarious that, moment. I'm so glad they kept that in because that was, it was just fun and like, yeah. oh, that this show is so silly and dumb. 
Yeah, it was a great episode. Some really awesome looks. Yeah. Um, really, really good looks. Killed it. Yeah. Cameron Michaels. Cameron Michaels is amazing. Oh my God, those looks, those looks, those looks. Yeah, she's amazing. I loved in Untucked when um, Eureka was smoking with Mayhem and complaining Uh about Ed Mayhem was like, I'm just going to state facts here. Yeah. (laughs) You are upset. (laughs) And she said she, those things to she, you. This is what she said. <laughs> and it's like, wow, it's you are really good at staying great, out of trouble. Such a great <laughs> cast of characters. Yeah. Also, the lip sync this week, Monet Exchange, one of the best lip syncs I've ever seen in my life. Man, oh man. It, it was, was iconic. So it was, yeah. The way that she like brought it back. <gasps> I'm so just going to let it go. We never listened to the whole thing. Okay. Uh, uh. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, one of my favorite lip syncs of all time. Yeah, it was a good one. Speaking of lip syncs, I have to mention one thing. Okay. I um, I made Mike watch Shea Coulee versus Sasha Velour so emotional. Mm-hmm. I was like, you can't be watching Drag Race and not know about one of the most iconic thing that, things that's ever happened. Mm-hmm. I had to share it. And how? what was his reaction? He really enjoyed it. He was also very nice, so he could have been lying. <laughs> and I also made him... Wa- sorry. <laughs> I also made him watch Herstory of the World <laughs> from oh, All Stars really? 2. I was like... Because it was next, and I was like, oh, let's just watch this one really quick. <laughs> and he also really liked it. But again, he is very nice, so yeah, he yeah. might have been lying. Um, oh, shit. What was it? Oh, uh, I saw a video of Sasha Velour um, performing that at nightgowns have you seen that performing so emotional Mm-mm. at nightgowns and it's a it's basically a nod to her performance and on the show so she does the rose petals again mm-hmm. but uh at the end so she does she does the wig yeah and then at the end from the ceiling <gasps> just a shit ton of rose petals <gasps> like more rose petals than you expect it to be oh my god fall from the ceiling and oh. cover her in rose petals <gasps> Oh my God, that's so cool. It's so good. It's like, it was such a great way of like... Um, Upping the ante. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It that's was, cool. She's she's so amazing. I love them. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> Speaking of people we love... Yay! We have a new bot with us today. We do. I'm excited to talk to her. Yeah, me too. She's got a one-person show coming up mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Silk Road, Silk Road Rising. Rising. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk to her all about that. Yeah. So stick a around. Yeah. Longer, but yeah. I'll have those ones where I'm like, ha. we've seen our faces like several times, but never actually <laughs> spoken. Yeah. <laughs> I know you, but I, I know you, you and, don't know me, but yeah. maybe you do. And yeah. the, but I also feel like a lot of that is you see people on Facebook, you know, that's exactly because yeah. it's like, I say. see, I see you here. Yeah. I've never seen you in person, but I see you so much here. Right. So just my like, issue is I like have been off Facebook for a long time because mm-hmm. it just stresses me out. And yeah. That as a because of that I've forgotten people's names because you <laughs> see people in your news feed, so That's I remember so true. people much more easily. Yeah. Now that I'm off Facebook, I'm not seeing people's names as often. So yeah. I see faces and I'm like, I don't remember who you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I I was listening to a, a podcast recently. A little closer to you. Totally. Uh, you. I was listening to a podcast recently where. It's just these three friends talking and, and one of the guys is like, he's like in his 40s and he was recalling all these stories from his childhood like with immense detail and I was listening like, I don't have memories like that. Like I don't, I don't recall things with such detail and I'm wondering if 
because of like technology nowadays like your memory is not as honed mm. because you never have you don't have to remember num- phone numbers names yeah. at this point uh-huh. you're like right. i'll just look up this person yeah i remember when well at least when i was in college maybe you too but i don't know i don't remember the age of the iphone because i got i had a flip phone uh-huh. mm-hmm. in undergrad until yeah that was until 2008 for me and I remember I had to remember like I had a boyfriend in college and I had to remember his number and I still yeah. have this inkling of it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as soon as I got the iPhone, I have no idea what the numbers are yeah, anymore. You yeah, don't yeah. have to remember anyone's phone number. No. I know my phone number. Yeah. And that's I know it. my parents and my sister <laughs> and myself. Yeah. That's great. That's and that's, that's probably it. more than really most people know. Maybe. Yeah. My fiance forced me to memorize her phone number because she was mm-hmm. like, you might need this. Yeah. Like you never right. know. Like rem- like memorize this. Yeah. I should yeah. memorize just one other person's phone number. Right. Just in, all just I know in case is of emergency. Yeah. yeah. Just in case. Emergency. Well, you should know your emergency contact number. Yeah. Oh, I definitely should. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like that's you are correct. <laughs> I should know that. <laughs> and I don't. Because anytime I fill it out on a form, I'm like, oh, let me just look it up on my phone yeah yeah and then i don't remember it <clears throat> yeah hold on let me check do you know my phone number of course not okay yeah i don't know I your barely name. know your name <laughs> <laughs> who are you <laughs> <laughs> the only reason why i remember is because it's in the name of our podcast you, okay good <laughs> your last name still, what's the name of our podcast still, <laughs> let me look it up <laughs> oh man speaking of memories yeah mm-hmm. you are doing a one-person show. I am. Is it based on your life? Like, what's the story? It's based on my life. It's mm-hmm. an autobiographical show about a lot of childhood memories. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> it's... I had this one-woman show before that I had written in 2015 called Where Is My Goddamn Coconut? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, uh, Silk Road was interested in producing it. And mm-hmm. so I was asked to expand the show. But in writing a bigger version of the show, it turned into a different show. Mm-hmm. And so I realized that there were other things that I wanted to write about that I hadn't included in the first show, so a lot of childhood memories. And um, the show is actually, it's dealing with uh, some childhood trauma and how to be a, sur- a survivor and an advocate and have a voice. And I think it's a good, happened to be good timing. I didn't write this because of the Me Too movement, but mm-hmm. I but I happened to write it at the same time and I think it's very timely. Sure. So it's kind of kind of worked out in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you're writing a one woman show, do you write it with the intent of like pitching it to different theaters or was Silk Road Rising like particularly interested in like producing I didn't it write always? It with the intention of pitching it, but Silk Road has done a series of solo performances in the past. Mm-hmm. They had a solo series in the last couple seasons. Um, and several other South Asian actors I know have done shows with them. And so I was interested in doing so as well. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of was like followed in, in these other people's footsteps and I was like, Hey, can I do the same thing? And so they, they had changed their solo series a little bit. Their calendars changed. Um, but, but yeah, they were willing to do it, which is really great. But yeah, no, I, I think that I don't really write with the intention of pitching, but I, um, I think now, now that I have a show, I'm going to be pitching so that I can take it across the country. The yeah, totally. To tour it and mm-hmm. go to colleges and like I want to go back to Roosevelt and mm-hmm. and present it there and do that sort of thing. So maybe you know, eventually, kind of led me in that direction. That's awesome. Yeah. What was the process of like when you first started working on on a one woman show? Were were there any moments where you're like 
doubting whether or not your like story was worth being told. You know, like yes. how do you find the <laughs> how do you find the personal courage to be like, no, I have something to say, and people should hear what I have to say. Does that make sense? Yeah, I do. I doubt. I doubt a lot. Um, I doubt a lot because, uh, in fact, the the material that I have coming out right now, there is a sense of like, is this bad enough it's a terrible <laughs> question to ask about trauma but it's like, is this really bad enough mm-hmm. compared to what other people have gone through i do ask myself that but i think um because i have had allies in theater mm-hmm. being like no this is an important story you know i've gone i've worked with uh, arlene malinowski who is a one wonderful solo performer who teaches at chicago dramatists she's held classes i've taken classes with her and you know people in the class have encouraged me i felt like people in the community are willing to hear the story and so it kind of gives me the courage to do it yeah um and i also know that it's it's cathartic in a way for me to write even though it's difficult because um i don't necessarily see these stories represented on stage and i think totally. that if i can do it then i can help other people do it too mm-hmm. That's so it awesome. gives me that courage to kind of yeah be, be a leader <laughs> <laughs> Look at you, so, paving your own way. Yes, <laughs> so to speak. Not really. I mean, there are other people who did it before me, so I have them to thank. No, you're definitely. the first one. You're definitely the first That's one. What I do tell myself. <laughs> like, I am my own role model. <laughs> yeah. Did you do a lot of writing before you started working on these shows, or was this sort of your first foray into writing? Yeah, it was my first foray into writing a play. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, I would write tons of stories, mm-hmm. and I'm I like I love fiction, and I I would write all these fantasy stories for myself. But there, I have like fifty unfinished stories on on the like an old external hard drive that used to be on like a oh really you know, the A floppy yeah. disks or the B disks yeah. back in the day when we had those things. <laughs> but yeah, this is my first foray into writing a play. And so, yeah. how did you approach it at first, like? Uh, you know, devising a, your own piece? Like, what, what was your... How did you motivate yourself to, to continue to work on it? That's or did it just flow out of you? <laughs> I think it was a little <laughs> bit of both. Um, I had <clears throat> uh, Celeste Cooper, who is another actor in town. She was writing a solo show at the time back in 2015, and she had encouraged several other performers and myself to, to have a solo group to be accountable to each other. Mm. So I think that accountability really helped me. Um, I also had a really fun kind of personality that I created for myself, uh, a French talking mime that <laughs> that fun, that enjoyment that I have of doing dialects and, uh. and being just very hammy on stage, I think helped me to like find a way to write in a, in a, like it wasn't just me talking, it was a fun personality. So I think that helped me too. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. What's the mime's name? Annie Blatt. <laughs> yes. Annie Blatt is... Uh, so I, Blatt. I studied abroad in France when I was a uh, junior in college. And I saw this store in Normandy. We were in Normandy. And I saw mm-hmm. this store on this very rainy day, just mm-hmm. like today. And it was called Annie Blatt. And it was like a Joanne Fabrics. <laughs> and I was like, this is how French people will say my name. <laughs> so I took this picture outside and then... You know, obviously, like, eight years later, I'm here being like, what should I name my French talking mime character? <laughs> of course, these do have 
copyright issues. <laughs> <laughs> trying to be careful. I get tagged as they're definitely li- they're Instagram. definitely listening. So. Oh yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so, we have lots uh, of fans in France, in France that are like, yes. oh, like, maybe I need blood. Yeah, exactly. Maybe I shouldn't name my character Annie Blatt, but I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's great. really funny. I'm actually I'm writing a web series featuring Annie Blatt now. Really, as like a side project for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, again, webs. I have no experience with Webster's. Maybe both of you have some experience, but no, nope. just, just <laughs> like a foray into. I mean, there's so many people nowadays. This is like a radio web series. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. the radio version of a web series, <laughs> but we don't write anything. <laughs> but I love how it's like. I I I just we've talked to so many people, and I feel like this is like an age where everything is super accessible. Where you could be like, well, I've never like. We'd never had a podcast, and then we were just like, "Let's have a podcast." You could just so be like, great. "Yeah, you're just like, I want to write a web series. I've never done it, and yeah. now I will do it." Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's so great, and um, you know, like with Issa Rae and mm-hmm. uh, Donald Glover writing their own web series. Yeah. I mean, it's just so. His name is Donald Glover, right? Yep. Yeah. I keep thinking Danny Glover, and I'm like, that's, that's not the right. That's person. the other guy. It's another guy. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to see his web series. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lethal Weapon 18. <laughs> um, I, I was inspired by them, and <clears throat> and 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 lots of other people. Sam Bailey, who created her own web series. All of these people in Chicago who are doing their own work. It's so cool. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Inspiring, and I was like, oh, maybe I can learn something. Yeah. From these people, especially so. as an actor, to have that agency to like. Make your own stuff, you know, to just like do it. Yeah. Create like your you, own like writing your own show for you. That's about you and right. you are cast in it and you are the lead. Exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I mean, it, I mean, I think, I think both of you will be understand, but like it's empowering for me to write myself in a way that I want to be seen because mm-hmm. a lot of times when I go out for auditions, I'm trying to fill another person's interpretation of a character, right? Mm-hmm. And that doesn't always fit with my personality, and I sometimes feel like I get boxed into um, either too grounded or not grounded enough mm-hmm. or too cerebral or not cerebral enough. Right. Or like, you can't be that funny or you, or you have to be serious. You have to be the medical professional or mm-hmm. you have to be like yeah. the ingenue or whatever. And I'm like, but I'm not. I, I'm more than that. So right. this was empowering because I get to cast myself in my own way. Yeah. And That's then, awesome. Yeah. What's it like playing yourself in a show? <laughs> Do you is there a sort a version of yourself that you're playing, or are you trying to access the most like you like uh, uh, honest and and organic part of you? Mm-hmm. I would say I'm trying to access the most organic part of me. I mean, it's always fun to play myself as a child, you know? Uh-huh, like, sure. Play around and and ham it up. So that's fun. <laughs> but yeah, I, that's a great question. I honestly haven't really thought about that, what it's, what it's like playing myself. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, because you did, this is your, you said this is your second yeah. show. Did you perform the other one or did you just write it? Yeah, I performed it. I performed it several times. I performed it. Actually, Castudis' um, Bridgeport yeah. Theater. Oh, yeah. I performed a, an excerpt one time and then I performed Pronut <clears throat> um, Philly of Solo and I had... Impact had been the first theater that offered me this cool. night of performance, so that's why I wrote the show. Um, but yeah, no, I for that one it was like I was <clears throat> Annie Blatt narrating to the audience, and then I would go into flashbacks and play myself. So gotcha. in a way that the fl- each time I played myself was a little protected because mm-hmm. it was within this little like flashback yeah. scene, and then I'd go back to Annie right. Blatt. This time it's me both ways, like right. narrating and I'm and I'm acting. So I think it'll be a new experience. Yeah. Definitely. I think 
for I, I used to do some stand up a little bit, and just the experience of like going up on stage and being like, "Hi, it's me." It's really vulnerable. <laughs> it's super vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Way different from like regular acting or whatever you yeah. call it. Because yeah, you're just like these are my thoughts and my feelings, and this is what I think is funny, yeah. mm-hmm. and this is what I think is you know important. And so if you don't like it, then you're judging me as a person. Yeah, yeah. If you don't like what I'm saying, you, you don't, really don't like me. Yeah. yeah. So, I, it's super personal. I think, yeah. I think even though it is me on stage with a solo show, it's scripted. Right. I've written it, whatever. But yeah, I agree with you. Stand up. I, I've tried stand up once in my life. Uh-huh. Not in front of like a, a real public in front of like five friends. <laughs> like, I was <laughs> trying out different jokes and being like, how the hell do people actually do this? Yeah. This yeah. Is, it's really putting yourself out there. Yeah, yeah. totally. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Well. In, <laughs> in writing the show, did you have like a group of people that you would like check in with and be like, is this bad? Is mm-hmm. this good? Like collaborators or anything like this that? This time it wasn't so much collaborators, but definitely people to be accountable to. I yeah. was taking, um, like I said before, I took Arlene's writing class mm-hmm. and that helped me. And then I had um, Silk Road had table reads for me throughout the process so that I could oh, that's have a great. reader. And I had different actors read for me so mm-hmm. that I could be the playwright. And so you could hear it. Yeah. Because it, it, things, like it sounds different once it's like off the page, right? Yeah, yeah. So it was cool. It was it was great. But a lot of it too was me in my apartment writing by myself, which was mm-hmm. kind of a scary process because yeah. mm-hmm. I don't have to be accountable to anybody and therefore I don't necessarily want to go back to the writing because it's really vulnerable right yeah so so how do you how do you motivate yourself to like access those you know those tougher memories those parts that you know you probably don't want to spend a lot of time thinking about but for the sake of the show you have to sort of access all that yeah well a couple things one a really tight deadline (laughs) literally i had to do a rewrite and then i so i did it like with a two-day like two-day thing because that's the kind of person i am Mm -hmm. i have to do it within a really tight deadline um but in terms of accessing the memories I, you know, I tried to be objective about it. I had a structure. I, like, wrote all my stuff out on note cards, put it in some sort of order so that I could just see, okay, well, this is now what I have to write here. Mm-hmm. No thinking about it, just writing. But it did take a while. It was it was not easy. It's not easy. <laughs> it doesn't sound about. easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was, a, it was a journey. If you can't tell, we're both over here like, how do you how do any you, of how, this? How do you do How are you I, able to? I'm just, I am just, just trying, just like everybody else, I, I can kind of, yeah throwing shit out the wall mm-hmm. so i don't know we'll uh, see yeah for real yeah so for something like this um where you're doing a one-woman show you have barbara zahora directing for you which is awesome and yeah, she's incredible she's the most lovely yeah woman. how do you navigate like handing over h- handing over that job to someone who's not you mm-hmm. you know what i mean like this is such a personal project for you um so what is that collaboration like between you and the director where um, you're sort of giving over your trust uh, to sort of help navigate this piece with you? Well, we've had a lot of phone conversations to discuss the piece. Mm-hmm. And she's been with me through a huge part of the process because we had table, like we had our first table read with Silk Road maybe in the big, like March of 2017. So it's been mm-hmm. about a year that I felt like we have been working side by side with this. Mm-hmm. So in that process, I feel like she has... <laughs> gotten a really good understanding of what I want to need and mm-hmm. and then of course we got the script there um, 
so I think it's kind of like this slow handoff. Right. Um, we're sitting together in production meetings and we're kind of conferring with each other. Does this work? Um, but I mean, Barbara, just as a person and having been my teacher, yeah. you know, I think that relationship <coughs> is, uh, is already there. So the trust is there sure. and the ability to hand it off to her gets easier now that I feel like she's been in my shoes for a while. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's so interesting. Like collaboration in general is super interesting. Cause like I, I often think a lot of times like the, the, the most important and unique work is done by people who have a strong voice mm -hmm. and who have a strong vision <coughs> and can, you know, or a strong story or a strong story. Or, yeah. Like, yeah. but, but I think that the, the strongest stories are singular in that way where it's coming from one person's perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, because I, like, like you were saying like Issa Rae and Donald Glover, like mm -hmm. that's their, their voice is the one that's carrying their shows and that's what makes them so, uh, powerful and, and, and important. Yeah. Um, but they're not the only ones like in charge of creating the show, you know, like right. they have several collaborators that have to facilitate that voice and that vision for them, right. which I find super interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, <coughs> this is my first Are you doing okay over there? <laughs> I swallowed water in a weird way and I was like oh my god it never leaves you. It, it takes like 20 minutes to oh yeah I'm gonna live the rest of my life with this coffin great <laughs> so sorry okay. I was like should I excuse myself I'm like really coughing and I was trying to like swallow the cough it didn't no, work it's, no, it's a nice white noise in the background yeah, yeah, yeah. oh should really, I keep going really calming <laughs> it has a nice like you know bass beat start beatboxing on if I know only I knew how to. Uh, I was gonna say like it's my first time with a production team, so mm -hmm. yeah, I I totally feel what you're saying. It's it's totally um, it's a new part of it to turn it over to a team and collaborate yeah. and all that stuff. And then yeah, like we were talking about, the people on the team are really great and and trustworthy. And hopefully, every time you have collaborators, there are people that are receptive to you, but also can suggest something that you're comfortable with. And so far, so good. That's awesome. That's yeah. great to hear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You get to spend so much time with Barb Zahora. That's so exciting. <laughs> I do. I love her. She's great. <laughs> she is great. <sighs> uh, yeah. I've totally forgot what I was going to say. Okay. <laughs> Let me just go back to coughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just have just five minutes of just clean coughing. Oh, man. <laughs> it, like, hurts. I'm so sorry. <sighs> it's okay. That's always it's not your fault. <laughs> it's all it's all me. Um you have worked a lot at Lifeline mm -hmm. and Silk Road Rising. Um what is it like to you know build relationships like that with with theaters that you can you know go to and be like, "Hey, I have this one person show that I Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's funny that you mentioned Lifeline because, yeah, exactly. Um, Dorothy Milne at mm -hmm. Runs Fully mm -hmm. Solo, and that was such a great opportunity for me. I mean, I, I'm again, I'm getting used to being an advocate for myself and yeah. kind of being like, "Hey, can you do this?" Rather than waiting to be invited, mm -hmm. which I don't. It's a, <coughs> I don't think any actor it's really. A scary thing. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, because we're taught to wait for someone to cast us. Yeah. I don't really know 
the protocol. And I think it's a little bit scary for us all to sort of be like, I want this to happen for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then sometimes I'm surprised that it actually happens. I'm yeah. like, oh, mm-hmm. you, oh, oh you're, you want it too? Great. <laughs> um, but with Lifeline and, and Silk Road, um, I, 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 felt, I felt very welcomed. I didn't feel like I had to break down any barriers with them because mm-hmm. they had created the space to have that happen. Mm-hmm. And it was simply with a little bit of kind of raising my hand and being like, hey, I'm one of these people that could... Yeah. fit in here that I felt like they gave me that space. Uh, if I remember correctly, I think Dorothy did invite me to perform uh, Coconut at mm-hmm. Fully of Solo, which was great. And of course, I know Dorothy because she directed me in a in a show. So it's always all of these connections that we talk about. Right. And, and I think part of it, too, is like is is not asking for permission and just cr- and making the thing and then being like, hey, world, I have this thing. Yeah. yeah. Like. You know, you 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 create your own opportunities, but then you like manifest them as well. Right. Like you 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 even if there's there's nowhere for you to put it up, you like still make it like with a web series. Like right. even if it's just putting it on YouTube, like I still made it and it's still out there. And if someone wants to be like, hey, I like this thing that you did, and I want to help you produce it, like you wouldn't have had that opportunity if you hadn't. Like taking the yeah. initiative, t- taking the initiative, yeah, yeah to, to put it out there into the world. I think it's hard though because we all have to make sure it's good. <laughs> That's you know, true like, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I've got these episodes written, but I'm like, is that total crap? Like, mm-hmm. I don't even know. So I think the hard part is like investing the the time in the beginning yeah. to do the work, and then hope that the product is good enough. But that means like unpaid labor that you're putting in. Totally, yeah, it's a vicious return. cycle. Yeah, and and it's it's weird because now we're in a a totally like open sourced society where everything is like lives and dies by whether or not something gets a million views. Mm-hmm. So, or whether or not you have a hundred thousand followers <laughs> on Instagram or whatever, yeah. like there, there, there's less of a, um, a system in place where it's like, okay, well if I do this and this and I rise up to the system, right. this mm-hmm. person will hire me and then I'll get a, a we job. We don't have a direct- trajectory. No, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. it's all just like, I think this might catch fire. I don't know. I'm going to put it out into the world and hope that someone yeah. likes it and hope that it gets, goes viral or whatever. I was thinking mm-hmm. about Oscar movies and mm-hmm. how when I was little, I think I assumed that because you were in the Oscars, that meant that these were the good movies. Mm-hmm. Right. But then I'm looking at all of the movies that, went through all of the festivals or didn't even make it to the festivals that are equally good and it, like you yeah. said, just depended on viewership or or like budget or whatever. Right. And I'm like, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. You know, I wish I could see all of the movies, but yet we just watched the handful that's kind of handed to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. There's And there's so much out there now that it's like, you know, how, as a creator, how do you find your audience? But even as an audience member, how do you, how find, do you find the yeah. content that... <laughs> That it that you would appreciate the yeah. most, you know what I mean? Right. It, yeah, it's just an unlimited well. Yeah, of like how many things. times have you seen someone post on Facebook like, "All right, guys, what TV show should I watch? Or what new podcast should I listen to? Mm-hmm. Or what yeah. book should I read?" And th- th- it's just like that's how we find things now. It's just yeah. like, "Help me, world! <laughs> yeah. I want I want yeah. art." Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's there's just so much. There's so many ways to consume. Yeah. Do you content. think there's too much? No, is that I, a thing? Can there be too I much? Know. Well, I, I think it depends. I think that there's like, it like each separate market has its own 
point of like oversaturation and then mm-hmm. it goes down and then people find new avenues mm-hmm. like you know with like vine vine came out and right. people figured out how to, touched it. I don't know how to me neither that, so. <laughs> me neither but i watch vine compilations on youtube mm-hmm. but and these people like figured out how to capitalize on that trend and now there's yeah. vine stars there's youtube stars yeah like it's yeah, people who is, who is a vine star i just heard somebody's name who like came up oh vine. i that's couldn't like, tell you a single one of them <laughs> somebody i was just reading about that's like a new person that was yeah was it cardi b was it cardi b who was a vine star oh i don't know i don't know was she on vine i don't know she yeah. has somebody done like so her. many things though yeah she's she she's was on that the love best. and hip-hop yeah wasn't she i i, I don't that, really know. i feel like that's where she first came up was in love and gotcha. hip-hop and then became a rapper <laughs> <laughs> and is now the craziest person alive yeah. But like the most entertaining person alive. Yeah. Oh yeah. Know. She's fantastic. But yeah, like I, you look at some of these people who are like massive stars on YouTube and I'm like, uh, why, why you? Like yeah. what, what allowed you to connect with an audience now that you have 13 million views on all of your videos? Mm-hmm. And like I worked this, this booth at Comic-Con last week. Mm-hmm. It was for this, uh, web comic, uh, production company website. Yeah. So it, it's basically, they just like, host web comics and it's also an open source place where anyone can post their web comics on there and if you get enough views and followers and stuff then they will like help support you and nice. help you yeah. create more mm-hmm. but they had they had a couple illustrators doing uh, poster signings and they had like lines of like 150 people like wrapped around the booth and people that I've never heard of you know mm-hmm. what I mean but they have such a strong following because they were they were able to find a platform to reach their audience. And, you know, it's all, like, young teenage girls who, like, are massive, massive fans of these web comics. Mm-hmm. Huh. And, I'm, and it's just so crazy that, like, they've found their audience and, and, and they can have that career where they have, like, a, a, a really strong fan base but also are relatively unknown yeah to, and you know it's just that's such a crazy like dichotomy right there that you yeah. can have like so many fans but then like nobody knows who you are right it's yeah. just crazy it's so weird it is weird and i think it i think it's i think it has its benefits and it's obviously it has its pros and its cons because i think nowadays you could probably be a pretty well-known person in, in whatever circles you're running in but also not be making a living doing it yeah mm-hmm. that's true because the demand is so much higher mm, yeah. for like producing your own content. Like <laughs> these YouTube stars probably make a lot of money just on like ads, ads and um, what's it called? Uh, um, my, my, my brain is dead. Sponsorships. Sponsorships. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah. Okay, that's what I was. Yeah, and these like Instagram Instagram people mm-hmm, who like yeah. they sell the flat tummy tea. Yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> but <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> but I don't know, like, I, I don't know that they're making their living doing that kind of stuff. I, well, I mean, I, I think know. about Lily Singh, who is the top mm. YouTube star, right, at the moment? I, I don't know. I, I I'll don't believe even you. know. I'll believe so, you. Yeah. Um, I think she is. And she's gone from YouTube to, like, an actual career. Because, not, <laughs> yeah, I mean, not just online. She still makes her videos, but she's also, like, I think she was hosting WWE. Oh, my God. Really? And yeah, she's just blown up which is really amazing that you can start by writing skits yeah on youtube and then yeah this insane well that's 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 how i'm looking at it which is 
being a star on YouTube is a stepping stone to a bigger thing. Right. Like how Issa Rae did it. Like she yeah, started yeah. her web series and now she has her own show on HBO. Like that's the, the way that I'm looking at it. But maybe it's not like that anymore. Well, like maybe actually, YouTube is the destination. That's, I mean, that's so interesting that you brought that up because I was watching this Hollywood Reporter um, interview mm-hmm. with Issa Rae, Donald Glover, Lynn manuel Oh, yeah. Did yeah, yeah, that? I did see that. And, and, and Donald Glover and Issa Rae were both saying that at the, by the point the people listening now it was like it's me i'm listening <laughs> by the point we get to their level mm-hmm. that trajectory won't necessarily be valid anymore exactly yeah so cool. it, it changes, changes yeah. great yeah. so what the hell do i do in that case yeah it's mm-hmm. just like finding the the new thing and capitalizing on it quick enough that you like you're you one of the first out. people yeah. to to capitalize on this thing before anyone else like rushes to it. Yeah. Like well, I think that's what the Vine stars did too. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, this is something I can I can capitalize on and like become famous doing before it becomes oversaturated with content. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I guess it's just about. I think it's one about being there first, but I think it's also about having a strong voice. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Like. Yeah. <clears throat> Even nowadays, I think you can break through if... If your opinion and point of view is... If your point of view is unique enough, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, I think that's why Insecure is such a great show. Because it's like, how many shows are written and produced by a black woman about the experience of black women? Mm -hmm. Right. You know? So, I, I think that that's the point that we are, like, approaching now. Which, uh... Is just focused on like unique, strong voices, mm-hmm. and th- that's that's the best stuff that's being created. Did you hear the? <laughs> I was watching this the other day because it, it resonated so well. You know, how, <laughs> you know that montage in the Oscars with the different actors speaking, like Kumail Nanjiani was saying. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I grew up watching white white yeah, yeah. TV stars, and now they can mm-hmm. or white movies, and now they can relate to me. I've done it all my life. It's not that hard. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I and I I was gonna say that. The whole, I think the the great part about seeing different perspectives is that you're still finding a universal story, mm-hmm. right? Like I still, I can relate, even though I'm not a black woman, but I can relate to Issa Rae's story in my own way. Right. Um, which is all about creating empathy and creating a, a, a welcoming of different perspectives, which is what I hope for my show. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's funny because I would hope that that, that ability to relate is, is turned back on these perspectives of color that are coming out versus just being like, I don't know how to relate to you. Mm -hmm. You don't look like me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, it's, I think it's at the, at its core, it's just all about humanity. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing is like, you know, any, any, any experience where someone is closed off to something, it's like, well, have you ever met someone like that and Mm -hmm. really sat down and spoken to them? And usually when they do, it's like, ah, your eyes are opened now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is actually a human being who, has the same, you know, anxieties that you do about everything. Um, And, and that's what a lot of, I think, uh, just the exposure of having like Black Panther out now being the, the biggest movie of all time Mm -hmm. is, is proving to, I don't know, producers, (laughs) whoever they are, whoever's the, the, the royal they, yeah. Right. Do you feel any with your show? Do you feel any um, pressure to to represent your community like that, or are you focusing more on just telling your own story? 
I would say, I would say it's a little bit of both. I mean, definitely focusing on telling my own story, but with the hope that it's an, a new perspective on representing mm-hmm. South Asians, mm-hmm. because I don't think that South Asians talk about sexuality mm-hmm. in 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 our community, especially not sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. And so it's. I think I'm offering a new perspective that I hope people will be receptive to, um, because it's simply. Uh, another voice in the community yeah. showing us that we are more than just a two-dimensional medical professional on right. Chicago Med. Right. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Have, you, have you seen the documentary, I think it's called The Problem with Apu? Yeah, I, I haven't watched it yet, but I was just uh, talking with Jeff Trainer about oh. it yesterday. Ah. Yeah. Um, I've been eager to see that. I also heard that The Simpsons had a reaction yeah. to it. That was not. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. and I was like, what? "Yeah." So the documentary is awesome, it. and yeah. I highly recommend it. Hari Kondabalu, yeah, um, is he's so funny, and his he has a couple podcasts that I listen to that are really great. But um, I follow him on Instagram. <laughs> really, <laughs> um, but yeah, like in the documentary, you see him like trying to reach out to Hank Azaria, and like the the direction that the documentary is going is trying to culminate in. A conversation with Hari and uh-huh. and Hank Azaria, and it never happens. Mm. Yeah, um, and you can tell that with the Simpsons, you know, responding to it on their show, mm-hmm. that that they needed to have it happen in their own space. Like they needed they to, needed to ha- control, control the message in their own way. Yeah, by having because they Lisa. Know wrong. <laughs> well, mm. I, I guess I don't know, but like by having Lisa Simpson, who's supposed to be like the moral compass of the show, mm-hmm. saying like, "Well, what can you do?" It's like, well, a lot of things. You could do, yeah, yeah, you could yeah. do. A There's lot a lot of things. of things you could do, and uh, I, I think it's you know, like, did you ever see America's Sweethearts? <clears throat> yes. Oh, jo- and, and John Cusack, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Catherine Zeta-Jones and and Hank Azaria, and, and right? Billy Crystal. <laughs> yeah, right. and Hank Azaria. You know the show. All right. <laughs> Like, I loved Hank Azaria in that role. I thought he was hilarious. Yeah. But then again, that was what? When was that? 90? 90. Yeah. Maybe, maybe early 2000. Yeah. Maybe like 2000. Maybe. I think that, I wonder if in this perspective I have now about mm-hmm. representing other cultures and dialects, mm-hmm. if I was to look back at that movie, it's on Netflix, by the way, I saw it. <laughs> um, I'd be like, wow, that's really offensive. Yeah. And I think that's what's happening. Like, you know, the Simpsons sh- came out what twenty five years ago. It's been on for so long, and when it first came out, it was an irreverent comedy that's challenging, you know, that was challenging uh, norms and and being pr- provocative. And now, it's almost like <laughs> it. The same old guys from Harvard, old white guys from Harvard, mm-hmm. are writing the show, so they are no longer the the in-touch voice of what is counterculture and yeah. what is a, against the norm that it used to be because mm-hmm. their perspective hasn't evolved. Yeah. Um, so like maybe if they hired new writers and writers of color who actually had their finger on the pulse of like what was uh, provocative, they they could stay with the times. But if you're, you know, if you're the same group of old white dudes that you were you know, 25 years ago, mm-hmm. then you're actually the people that we are <laughs> subverting now. Yeah. Right. Um, and I wonder if part of it is too like not understanding the audience, right? right. Exactly. Like, are they still like, exactly. they're like, we're still writing for the same people. It's like, no, you're, 
you're not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a show that goes on that long, you know, like you look at Saturday Night Live, like those casts replenish every couple of years. Mm-hmm. So you're always having new voices. You're always having people who are young and, and, and have an idea of what society is actually like mm-hmm. yeah. as opposed to, you know, if, <laughs> you know, um, John Belushi were still doing it today. Yeah. It would be like, what is this old dude mm-hmm. talking about? Mm-hmm. Oh, poor John. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. If it's not broke, don't fix it. But it is but broke. But it is broke. <laughs> so fix it. So fix it. <laughs> yeah. Great. <laughs> um, anu, can you pl- uh, plug your show, please? Yes, of course. My show is called Hollow Wave. It is an autobiographical one-woman show that will be taking place at Silkwood Rising for its first ever production, directed by Barbara Zahora. Dates are May 17th through 27th, Thursday through Sunday. We have student and industry tickets available, I believe. Awesome. If you go to silkroadrising.org, you will find all the necessary information. <laughs> Thank you so much. For, yeah, that was a great plug. Very Thanks. Good job. <laughs> I've been I like, a lot of emails. I like sprung it on you. You were really prepared for it. <laughs> that's how you plug, guys. Yeah, that's how you plug a that's show. That's how you plug. God, uh, take notes. All right. Anu, thank you so much for being yeah, here. Thank you so this much. This was a blast. What a pleasure. Super fun. Yeah, can't wait to see your show. Sounds good. Bye, guys. But in your heart there is calling, shouting loud in your soul that tells you that this isn't crazy, this is just rock and roll. And you feel so sad. You feel the best you ever had. Thank you for listening to this episode of Nick and Caitlin's Talent Show. If you or someone you know would like to be on the show, you can contact us through Facebook or Instagram. Yes, our handles, fancy (laughs) social media word, Mm -hmm. our handles for both of those things, Nick and Caitlin's Talent Show on Instagram, on Facebook. Super easy. You can't mess it up. Also, if you're listening to this, you are probably listening to us on iTunes, right? So you might as well subscribe while you're there. Give us that subscribe and give us that that five star rating, guys. Yeah, we come on. We worked hard. We worked so hard. We worked really hard. Give us five stars. Leave us a review. God damn it. <laughs> like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. We post really fun stuff. You won't regret it. You won't regret it. We also <laughs> would like to thank some people: Liz Chittister, Andres Enriquez, and Casey Alfonso for the music you provide to our show. Yeah, thank you. Also, thank you to Zeke Dolzelik for um, the promotional photos that you took of us. We really appreciate it. We sure do. Yep. I want to thank you, Caitlin, as well. Thank you. I deserve it. You sure do. I would like to thank you, Nicholas. Thank you. I'm working on deserving that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I appreciate that. And we like to thank you, dear listeners. You deserve it the most. You sure do. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening, guys. Goodbye.